Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Here we are again ahead of a fantastic sports weekend. Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao do battle this Saturday night. As you are downloading this show, it's dropping on Thursday, the 31st of April, the final day of that month. Hopefully you guys are following us on Twitter at ClayYoungBR or on Facebook and that you are hitting the subscribe button. You're subscribing to the show that way. And if you do, it pops into your podcast app on your Apple device and you don't have to worry about it. It pops right in there every time there is a new show. And in the coming weeks, there is the possibility of an unpromoted show that could drop into your podcast box that we will put in there and make no mention of. You'll just see it because of the content of that specific show. As I was saying, we are headed into a great weekend. Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, looking forward to seeing that on Saturday night. But before then, a tradition that I have had for, gosh, a great number of years, and that is watching the Kentucky Derby, me and millions of other Americans and people around the world who watch the Derby. Man, it's like the unofficial kickoff to the summer season. I love it. A big, thick steak, mint juleps, and uh, the Derby, the beauty and the pageantry of the Derby. I got to go to that. I was going to go, I think, three years ago, and something came up and couldn't make that happen. Got to get to Churchill Downs and see the Derby in person. I hear it's unbelievable. I mean, there are more than that race going on, and uh, the food's amazing. The people are fantastic. I got to get to the Kentucky Derby. But that's this weekend, the Derby on Saturday evening at Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao on Saturday night. I think Mayweather is likely to win this. I do. I don't know that he will knock Pacquiao out, but I think he's likely to win. So I'm looking forward to watching it. But the bigger story happening in America right now is that of what's happening in Baltimore. West Baltimore this week has seen riots, fights with police officers, and just what I think is embarrassing behavior by some of the people there. Now, this all started with the death of Freddie Gray, a 25-year-old black man who was in the custody of police officers who suffered injuries to his spine, to his throat. He basically was beaten to death, in my opinion. I haven't heard anything that makes me think that there is any excuse for what happened to this kid. Now, the process is going to play out, and hopefully we will find out what really happened. To me, I'm looking to see if there is evidence of something other than what it looks like. And what it looks like to me, being honest with you, is that uh, they beat the hell out of this kid. And he died from those injuries. You know, I've said this before. I am a proud supporter of law enforcement. I support police officers, firemen, members of our military, our armed forces. I believe in what they do for our cities, for our states, and of course, for our country. I think the overwhelming majority of law enforcement officials and police officers and military personnel are good people. But as with anything, you're going to have some bad eggs. And I believe you find the bad eggs and you deal with them. You kick them the hell off the force. You kick them out of the military. You don't want them on your, in your fire department. 
I don't indict the majority of law enforcement and military personnel for the minority of them who sometimes abuse their authority. And I think that's the fair way to look at it. But on the other side of that same coin, I don't think that people in this country should paint every young black man with the same brush as these thugs and idiots who were burning Baltimore this past week. It's not indicative of every young black man. And it's embarrassing to see. And I don't think we should make excuses for that behavior. How do you expect burning a CVS store or kicking in the window of a, of a Nike store in the mall to steal sneakers? How do you expect that to be construed or seen as an act of civil unrest on behalf of Freddie Gray's family? No, what that is is just some opportunist who wanted to get some sneakers without having to pay for them or break into a CVS and steal things out of there without having to pay for it or anarchists who are in these communities who just want a reason to riot. See, let's just deal with the truth. The truth is we should absolutely deal with what happened to Freddie Gray. And if, in fact, this is what it looks like, all personnel involved should be punished and prosecuted. That's right. At the same time, every one of these people who are out there looting and throwing rocks at police officers and acting like stone cold idiots, I could say a lot of other words, but I won't. They need to be dealt with as well. Cooler heads need to prevail there. I loved the video of the mother who saw her son out there amongst the crowd of people throwing rocks at police officers. And she went and got a hold of him. And she was whacking him side the head, as we used to say, she was hitting him upside the head as she was getting him away from that. And I saw an interview with her on the CBS morning show where she was saying, she's all her kids have, they're all she has. And she was saying, I don't want them not to come and protect me if I need them because you did this. Now, the sad reality is that shouldn't matter whether this kid was throwing rocks or not. But people are people. Let's not kid ourselves. I thought she was amazing in what she did. And people may be criticizing her for striking her son. And my response to you is go to hell. Live in her neighborhood for two or three days. Live with what she lives with in that neighborhood. And then you have the right to criticize her. But until you have a fair understanding of her reality, shut up. She's just trying to protect her son from himself. And countless mothers do that every day because they have to. They do it all alone without any help from anyone else. And that's a shame. So my thoughts and prayers go out to the folks in Baltimore. And I hope that they can work this out. And I hope that the clergy and the community leaders there can continue to do what they did on Wednesday night and that uh, Tuesday night rather. And that is to try to keep these idiots off the streets because they're not helping matters. And all they're doing is delaying the process of truly finding out what happened to Freddie Gray, because I think that's important. All right. Richard Condon is back 
And he's going to talk with us about a great number of things. You know, the thing with Condon is he always draws so much praise and so much criticism. He's got his own opinions. He is an entertainer. (laughs) He's been a friend of mine for almost 20 years. I love the guy. I think he's a good guy. I know people are rubbed the wrong way by a lot of what he does, but he's a showman. And you have to put it in that context when you're listening to him on the air. He's good at what he does. And you will hear many of his opinions in our conversation that's coming up. And uh, let's see. He talks about ISIS. He talks about Baltimore. He talks about Bruce Jenner. He talks about Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather and a host of other things. He talks about the Louisiana governor's race, talks about the presidential race. It's interesting. (laughs) Very interesting. So Richard Condon's on the way, but first I want to talk with you about Warriors for Freedom and tell you about the Louisiana chapter's new website, warriorsforfreedomlouisiana.org, warriorsforfreedomlouisiana.org, coming up on Sunday, May 31st at Ben 77 Bistro in Baton Rouge in Perkins Row. We are hoping you attend the second annual Smoke Em If You Got Em. It's a fundraiser. Benefiting Warriors for Freedom, an organization that helps military veterans, helps them with mental and physical disabilities. We're losing 22 a day, folks. 22 military veterans a day are committing suicide. Smoke em If You Got Them is an event that is basically a mixer. There will be a bourbon and uh, bourbon tasting there. Fine premium cigars are being provided by Don Juan Cigars. That's right. If you buy a ticket, you get a premium cigar and you have the opportunity to participate in the bourbon tasting. Also, Rebecca Creek Distillery is going to be there with their Rebecca Creek Girls mixing with the guys in attendance there. The whole event is uh, title sponsored by Orion Instruments in Baton Rouge. In addition to Pest Stop, do-it-yourself pest control, Guarantee Broadcasting, specifically Eagle 98.1, and also Clay Young Enterprises. We're hoping to really... Get a big crowd there. We did $10,000 last year, hoping to at least do that amount this year. Tickets are $100 per person. I'm hoping that you will go online and buy your ticket right now and come out. I'll be there. There'll be live music. We'll be mixing and having a good time at Ben 77 in Perkins Row, benefiting Warriors for Freedom. Learn more at warriorsforfreedom.org. Warrior, excuse me, warriorsforfreedomlouisiana.org. Warriors for Freedom, Louisiana.org. Back with Richard Condon just after this. Clay Young here with John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pest Stop Do It Yourself Pest Control. John, people are starting to spend time outside and they're seeing these big old bees flying around. Yeah, these are the ones that are carrying tool belts on the side. The carpenter bees. <laughs> how do you get rid of them? Well, when you're training for carpenter bees, you, you want to do this predominantly at night when they're less active. You want to okay. wear eye protection because usually the bees will come after your eyes. So okay. you want to be kind of careful about that. Okay. Usually not real aggressive, but you know, you take mama bee off. And uh, that's not a good thing. That's right. So you want to spray all the areas that they're not with a good, long-lasting residual, and then you hit the holes where they are. And normally an application will last you a good two months. Get the same products the pros use at Pest Stop. How can we find you? Well, at Metairie, we're at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. On the North Shore, we're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams. On the West Bank, we're on the Palco just past the Harvey Bridge. And in Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. Use what the pros use at Pest Stop. 
Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Well, I told you he was coming back, and he's back. Ladies and gentlemen, media personality, because he corrected me the last time, Richard Condon. See, no way I don't get invited back. So, Clay, thank you so much from I don't the know. bottom of my heart for inviting me back. Uh, I don't know why, you know, but I'm telling you on social media, emails, people I've ran, met around the community, that's all everybody can talk about is they couldn't believe the show, and they finally got to hear you without a filter. Well, what I like about being on your podcast, Clay, is I don't have a 60-year-old dude who just moved here from Waco. He's a new program director, and oh, he's going to tell, tell me how I need to do my show. Are you going to start there again? No, you did I'm that the last time. There. So here is the number one thing I heard from people, and I knew it was going to be the case. I told him as much. The Diana Ross story. You ruined Really, a lot of people's perception of Diana Ross. No, her nipples it. were bigger than. No, no, they were bigger than street hole covers. <laughs> I'm sorry, I That's was right. choking no, on my water, water here. No, That's no, right. no. Let me put that. Oh, down did they call them manhole covers? I think, you, I, think, I think they call them manhole thank, thank covers. In the I, think, I think we did that the last time. That's uh, right. That's right. So, so, how are you, my friend? First I, off, let me ask you, how are you? I am doing well. Just so, if you're listening to us now. Just to give a little preamble, here in Baton Rouge yesterday, we got hammered with some storms. And actually, some of the video made the national news about the trains being uh, blown off the track Down in Jefferson Parish. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm good. How are you? Y'all made it through okay? Well, hey, Quay, if you don't mind, I'd love to give a shout out okay. right now. Okay. Uh, to all the UPS drivers in the neighborhood and the uh, the guys who do lawn care to yes. the houses in my neighborhood and yes. the... Uh, the uh, ice cream vendor in my neighborhood who comes through and mm-hmm. all the guys driving trucks through my neighborhood for whatever reason, FedEx, all of the guys. You know, you drive trucks. That's sure. what you do. Yeah. You're delivering bottled water, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, if you don't mind, could you tell the uh, power company <laughs> how you got to my neighborhood? Because I'd love to have my freaking power back on sometime soon. Now, look, Clay, I'm no better than anybody else. Yes. Please understand uh-huh. that. It's unfortunate that they didn't get an invite to be a part of your podcast. That's right. I'm speaking for those people. <laughs> All right. Gee whiz, can we just get a little power in the neighborhood? So that brings me to a story. See, you give me great launching points. About 10 years ago on radio. Wait, excuse me, Clay, I'm a sneak. Energy. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. The Department of Public Works in Baton Rouge, you went after them on the air. And when you got home, you found a present. Yeah, well, you know what? It was more than a present. It was like syringes from Baker. It was like, it was like canceled checks. No, I went off. They dumped I'm going, a bunch, you, well, you say they dumped a bunch of trash. I don't trash know if it was or... Katrina, Gustav. Yeah. I forget what's stone. But anyway, so I went off because I'm seeing the trash pickup guys, not the garbage guys. God bless them. I'm seeing the trash pickup guys. They're picking up branches debris and removal. debris. Yeah, yeah, those guys. I see them in the neighborhood for a couple of days. Yeah. So, I mean, boom, they're going by the house, they're going back out. I see them one day, I'm going, guys, can you catch your stuff in my front yard? I mean, you're only like 30 feet away. Yeah. I'd appreciate it. And, of course, they looked at me, no big deal, so I left. Well, I come back, and it's still there. Well, the next day on the air, I'm going, whoever these no good son of a buggers are driving <laughs> this truck. Why did you do that? I'm going, could you please stop and pick up my freaking trash? Why I'm would you asking do that? You. Hey, look, I'll invite you and your families over. We'll barbecue, whatever. I'll, I'll pick up a slip and slide for the kids. <laughs> I mean, we'll bungee jump off the fence. I don't care, whatever. You want a spacewalk? I'm willing to do whatever you want. Just get the branches and the debris off my yard. Yeah. Because you've already been in my neighbor's yard. 
So anyway, I went off on it, and uh, the wife called me, Clay, and she goes, you need to come home now. I said, what's wrong? Come home now. Well, you know, yeah. being a loving yeah, father absolutely. Uh, and a husband, yes. you go, all right, fine. So you run home. Clay, I've never seen this. It was kind of like, what is that highway going up to St. Francisville? Is that 61? 61, yes. And, you know, every time you drive up 61, you got that trash truck in yes, front of you. Yes. And you got fish heads hitting yeah. your windshield. You got body parts. I've never had body yeah, parts or fish stuff. heads. you just got stuff. You got goo yeah. hitting your windshield that you can't remove. It yes. doesn't matter how many Benny Quick car washes ne- you go through. Never, never fish heads or body parts. Well, anyway, so anyway, it was all over my lawn. I had stuff, Clay, and I was digging through it with latex gloves. I was digging through it. It was canceled checks it was syringes it was condoms from el paso oh my gosh no it was stuff from all over the place it's like they did it on purpose so what happened was i get on the air and i say this and then uh, i love this man fred rayford yes fred rayford called me and he said rich and he said let me look into it he called me back 20 minutes later and he goes rich i took care of it they did it on purpose so they actually did it on purpose one of the guys listening in the truck Got the sleeves rolled up, man. Yeah. Got the little anchor on the bicep, whatever the issue is. Not, I went off not on stereotypical some, no, 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 at no, all. No, 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 no. I went off on something years ago that he didn't like. Yes. And then this only magnified the yes. situation. So yes. they came back and they unloaded that whole trash disposal area yes. in Bank of St. Uh, Francisville, wherever. Yes. So in a front uh, that, that was pretty funny. You know, recently here on your show, that airs on Eagle 98.1 FM in Baton Rouge. And you can also get it on the iHeartRadio app if you want to hear Condon every day, as some people who heard you on this podcast are now doing. Well, you know what, Clay? I appreciate it. You yes. know, you and I go way back. Yes. And I'm not saying my style is for everybody. You know one thing I've always said, Clay? If you're going to say you don't like yeah. somebody, yeah. if you're going to say, and I mean hate's a strong word, but if you're going to say I hate that guy, yeah. I loathe that guy, I get that if you meet me in person. Right. I understand that. If right. you don't like me after you meet me and we shake hands yeah. man to man, okay, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But when you hear somebody on the air and you think you know somebody, and then you know what? All of these little silly willies and these little punks <laughs> who get on these blogs and these chat rooms yeah. and they drill you personally, even yes. though they've never met you. Right. And they make up crap about you personally, oh, yeah. even though they don't know your Been history. Right. They don't know your personality, yeah. your character, yeah. and your integrity. Right. I'll give you a perfect example. Years ago, Clay, I was on 100.7 a Tiger back in the mid-90s, and mm-hmm. Cyril Vetter, a guy I loved to death. Mm-hmm. I would go to bat for that man at any time. So anyway, we get off the air one day, me and LeBlanc, 100.7, was modern rock, and it's uh, it's the old WVLA Tiger Studio on SM Lane. Yeah. Now I think it's some kind of medical facility or I whatever. I think so. Right next to the uh, Indian restaurant where they bacon cobras, whatever well, the hell they do. they not do that? Tell your, they got curry. You know just what I mean? tell the story? I got the waitresses and they got tell freaking the bingo markers on their forehead. Tell the story. You know what I mean? They're waiting for another ferry to sink. Anyway, so look, in mad cow disease. So what happened was... I, what? <laughs> so Cyril Vetter, he calls me in one day. We were on the air, and yes. we had just done uh, taking a break. Yes. He goes, Rich, I need to see him office. So I go to his office, and he goes, Man, what did you do last night? I said, What are you talking about? And Clay, it's like a Monday, Tuesday. So I went home. Yeah. He goes, Well, a woman called up. You remember the old Giovanni's? Yeah. Uh, before the hookers were doing it in back rooms right, or whatever okay. went down. So anyway, why does every story with you go <laughs> down such real. a dark road? I never make up stuff. It's just reality. People need to know that that's what goes on out there. Live your life, right? So he says, this woman goes, my daughter and her fiance went to Giovanni's last night, 
and Richard Condon came in there and he jumped up on a table and he was flipping off the waiter. He was cursing oh, no. out everybody. No, 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 no. no. I, I, yeah. I get it. So, Sarah, I'm going, Sarah, are you kidding me? Yeah. You actually called yeah. me and he goes, no, right. I know it's not true, but I feel like I got to ask you. So the point with all of this is, Clay, is that people think they know you. Right. And, and you know, and you know. Yeah. I mean, people are going to make up stories. Yeah. They're going to bring you down because you go off on one little tangent. Sure. And you touch their nerves. Sure. And you kind of bother them. And you bring out a little bit of their insecurity. Yeah. So guess what they want to do? They want to make up stuff about you to make themselves feel better. Anybody who's ever met Richard, this is a true story, not not making it up. If he was standing in a room full of people, you couldn't pick him out. If you hadn't met him before, hadn't seen him, you wouldn't think the guy in the room is the same guy coming through your radio. And, it, I, you know, the first time we met, I, I don't guess I was surprised because I had been in the business for a little while, but I didn't know how quiet and to yourself you really are. I figured, yeah, that's a possibility, but you really are kind of introverted away from this. But stuff. quite, you got to pick your spots. Yeah. You got to pick your spots. I know when a mic is on, I got to do my job. Oh, I yeah. get paid to do a job. Now, when I'm around people that I love and sure. people I care for and sure. friends, I'm me, me. Yeah. But when I'm around certain people who have already prejudged you, mm -hmm. I don't give them an opportunity to damage my resume any more than it's between our ears right now. <laughs> what do you think when people call you a racist? That's the that's got to well, be the one you get. You the know, most I get offended by that. I really do because and I've said it on the other show. Friends, you and I have a mutual friend, Absol Barry Stewart, who's one of the greatest guys ever. Uh, I wouldn't go that uh, far. Well, I would. No, Barry Stewart's a great guy. <laughs> He's all right. By the way, and I know people are going to hear this podcast maybe after the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. Nope, but nope. It's gonna it's gonna. Oh, drop is it really good deal? Drop in the Thursday to Barry's before house to watch this fight. Really? Yeah. And he I'm said I'm coming to that. He said he wanted to invite you, but he says every time he invites you, you don't show up. He's never invited me. You're invited. Trust me. You're coming. I got something to do. So, yeah, I know. You see, that's what he always says. You got something to do. Any day but today. See if we would have done it yesterday. See if Pacquiao and Mayweather would have fought on Friday or Sunday. I can't I'm help good. it that I keep it's a, a busy schedule, Richard. It's I mean, your nephew having his bar mitzvah. <laughs> Mazel tov. So, anyway, so, where oh, yeah. were we? Where We're were talking we? about people calling you a racist. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I hear that all the time, Corey, and I hear it each and every day. And, you know, look, in my business, Let's look. Let's be real. I'm on a radio station that caters to white people, 35 plus. That's right. That's what I am. Yeah. Okay. More so, it's, men and women. It's a classic rock station. Right. So what happens is when I'm on that station, I'll say things not because the demographics are going to think it's funny, not because they're going to go, "Yeah, right on, Condon." No, I say it because it's only fair. See, Quay, with people out there, certain people call me a racist, they think it's humorous and funny and witty when I go off on a white dude raising pit bulls hmm. or not taking care of his kids or running a chain of meth labs, which I do all the time. Yeah, you do. Or questioning Les Miles for bringing in Zat Mettenberger, who's groping a female in a bar in Athens. See, those people forget about that stuff. Right. They do. Mm -hmm. And when I say those people, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's the people who say, well, he's a racist, he's a racist. But when I go off on Hispanics, for good reason, when I go off Excuse on blacks, me. for good good reason okay. when i go up right, and it's right. in the news it's factual yeah. it's what it is but you're talking about the story as a whole not so much everybody i can't control yeah. the color of the skin right. of the person who does it oh sure i cannot control why that. do you think you catch that more than anybody else why because in, in baton rouge media, because i mean quite really in baton rouge louisiana you tell me one person on the air in baton rouge louisiana that speaks their mind 
who speaks from the heart, who doesn't care the repercussions, doesn't care what's going to happen. This is what it is. When you hire me, that's why Guarantee calls it kind and uncensored. That's what it is. Yeah. And Gordy Rush told me, be fair, have your facts there, and I'm always going to have you back. Anytime somebody calls me a racist, you tell me why you call me a racist. Well, you said he was a thug. Did you see what he did in mm-hmm. Ferguson? A thug. Did you see what he did in Baltimore? A yeah. thug. And what ticks me off, Clay, is that these people who call me, it's no matter the color of their skin and ethnicity, let me yeah, take it this. you've had white let folks let call you racist, If white too. people do that, I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. If white people are looting and stealing instead of Hennessy, they stealing cases of Budweiser, are you telling me I'm not going to do that? Oh, I That's know what you really would. bothers me. I know you would. It's, I'm an equal opportunity shot sure, taker. Sure. You give me a white guy doing something stupid, I'm going to call him an well, ignorant a I heard you going off on uh, Senator David Vitter the other day on your radio show. Wow. He's white, right? Yeah, he's white. Right. So, you know what? Those same people call me a racist. If he was a black person running for governor, a black person running for a senatorial seat, yeah. a black person running for metro council, whatever the board is, school board, it doesn't matter. You know what they would call me? A racist. Yeah. Even though my facts are right. But you know what? These same people who are labeling me as a racist, I guarantee you, when I went off on David Vitter not keeping his little turtle head in the shell, okay, right. I guarantee yeah. you, those same people who are labeling me a racist because they perceive me only taking shots at black people, which is totally untrue. Right. That's a fallacy, Clay, yeah. and you know that. Oh, I You bet just you, said fallacy. That's right. Well I done. bet you, I bet you they find that humorous fallacy. because I took a shot at David Vitter. So if you think I only take shots of people not my own ethnicity or skin color you smoking rope you high on crack you need to take on a cup we got to take a blood sample give me a follicle of your hair because there's no way that i only take shots at black people so these people who say that they freaking nuts clay well, let me we, tell you something wait wait, wait. okay back to david Vitter. Oh, how can gosh. anybody in their right mind okay. and all of these entrepreneurs oh. and these business people, he's got over four and a half million dollars now in his caucus. Yes. How in the hell does that happen? Yes. So I got a John okay. out there, and that's what he is, Clay. He's a John and his wife, Wendy. I love Wendy. Don't do well, it. that's Don't my do man. I love it. Wendy. Hey, Don't Wendy, you know why it. you love that guy? Because he's not wanting and marching to make $15 <laughs> an hour to work with a fast food restaurant. That's, you know why you're doing it, Wendy? Because he's making a lot of money. Because you and the girls can go that. shopping. You, you can get in that. a Learjet and go that. to New York for plays you don't and know San that. Francisco to some thespian. Some what? Thespian. Some odd thing. I, odd thespian. Thing, you thing. said fallacy, now thespian. thespian. Wow. Huh? You stepped it up. I'm learning a new word every day, Clay. <laughs> Is that right? No, but quite seriously, and you know, I mean, Rand Paul, I don't get him. Why don't you get him? Well, I mean, here's why I don't get him. His son can't stay out of trouble. Multiple issues. Yeah. His son groped the stewardess. Multiple issues. Yeah. If you can't even control your own offspring, you can't even control your own offspring. Oh, and by the way, he belittled the CNN girl or the NBC girl, whoever she was, when he said, shh. You don't talk to a woman like that. You just oh, can't. Oh, wait a minute now. No, you just can't. Now, wait a minute, Richard. Well, as wrong as she is, you can't <laughs> tell a woman a to shush. Now, wait a you minute. You cannot tell a no, woman to shush. I have heard you verbally, of course. I don't mean this literally. I've heard you verbally take some women apart because of the issue. 
I would never belittle a woman. I will question her issues and go, and you're crazy by thinking this. Yeah. What is going on in your mind by thinking this is going to be good for the people you represent? Yeah. Your behavior. That's a whole different ballgame. Quick, quick. I guarantee you, if I went home with my wife, oh, no, and you, you went home, please. and you, you not told your wife, oh, oh, no, no. What's no. happening? No, no. What's no, happening? Yeah, it's bad. That's right. No, it's, <laughs> it's real bad. bad. It's bad. Scorched earth bad. No. So uh, let's talk about Manny, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd. Mayweather. Uh, this is going to, this show drops the Thursday before the fight. $100 on pay-per-view to get the fight. I think I'm going to get the fight. Who do you think wins? Uh, I think Floyd Mayweather Jr. wins, but I'm pulling for Pacquiao. Why? Well, I'm pulling for Pacquiao because Floyd Mayweather Jr., uh, you know, the two mothers of his kids, all five of them, uh, he beat up both of them. One of them he threatened to kill with a gun, threatening to shoot off her toes. Floyd Mayweather Jr. is always bragging about how much money he has. He's got a lot I of I mean, it. he's been arrested five times. And look, I separate somebody's skill and ability and athletic prominence over there. You know, what they do and how to handle themselves in their personal life. I, I, yeah. I just, look, look, I saw a special over the weekend on Manny Pacquiao. Here's a guy, a little small community, St. Tulsa, or whatever, in the Philippines. Yeah. His mom is trying to raise six kids on her own. Yeah. The guy gets on a boat at the age of 14, trying to, you know, bring back some money. Gets on a boat, goes to Manila. They speak a different language in his hometown compared to what they speak in, in, in Manila. Sure. Guy goes over there. He becomes a professional boxer. Nobody wanted him at the age of 14. By 16, it was legal. However, the guidelines work over there. He's getting into a ring. Now, him and his best friend get on this boat, and they don't know what's going to be their future. They're scared. They're little kids. They go over and join a boxing camp. Before... Uh, Pacquiao fought that night on that card. His friend fought on the same card. His friend was killed in the ring during the fight. Right. Pacquiao gets in the ring, wins the fight. Ever since then, what has Pacquiao been accused for? The guy was a politician for mm -hmm. a brief period of time. The only thing Pacquiao ever did, he supported his family. He's a Christian. The only thing he ever did, and of course it's a Filipino government, but it's, a, it's tax evasion. He didn't yeah. pay all the taxes on his winnings in yeah. America. So if that's the worst I got to deal with, I'm just pulling from him because he doesn't act like a punk. He's not arrogant. He supported his family. Sure. How do you not pull for a guy like that? You know, I, I agree with you. He is, he is, he comes across as a gentleman. You got to pay your taxes, but he comes across as a gentleman. You know what I wonder about Mayweather, though? Everything you said about the legal stuff is true. And I was listening to one of the ESPN guys talk about that and he said that's all true that's not a slander on floyd that stuff happened but i wonder how much of his personality is like put on you know like ali used to like really lay it on thick to distract you away from what he wanted to do in the ring versus floyd mayweather and i'm just asking do you think that's a possibility or do you really believe he's that guy you know what i mean ali you know we talk about martin luther king and civil rights and, and the great people and you know and people still uh, you know, ostracized Muhammad Ali because of him uh, not going to Vietnam. Sure. Which, that was his principles. I sure. disagreed with it, but yeah. I understand what he was saying. Yeah. I do understand sure. what he's saying. Absolutely. Well, with, with Mayweather, there's never been a social stance to benefit um, anybody else. I got you. To benefit anybody else. It's always you. been self-serving yeah. for Floyd Mayweather Jr. That's the difference. Do you watch mixed martial arts? I do not. Why not? You know what, Clay? I'm thinking when I was 20 or 21 in college. You would have loved doing I that. I would have loved it. There's yeah. no question about it because what we did is play Blu-ray and watch, watch Faces of Death and drink beers. Okay. But, I mean, as you get older, 
you become softer a little mm-hmm. bit and you worry about people's safety and health. You're more giving sure. in a community, yeah. trying to help people, buddies mm-hmm. in a time of need, divorce, sure. death, whatever. So that's why I cannot watch it. It's too brutal for me. And again, being 55, I'm sure it has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Oh, look, at one time, Clay, I was the biggest horror movie fan out there. Yeah. All the Friday the 13th, the Damien yeah. Omens, one, two, three, up to 175. I mean, I got into all of that stuff. Even dogs attacking women's and grandmas like Cujo. I mean, I was into horror flicks. Give me a horror flick. Cujo was something, man. But no, but give me... Now, I don't even want to see a horror flick. Because, Why? Well, because horror flicks means harm is coming to somebody. Somebody's going to get stabbed. Somebody is going to die. I don't want to see that anymore. Listen the older, to you. No, the older I get, the more caring and sensitive I become. I don't want to see that. There was a time in my life, yeah, the more the better. <laughs> yeah. The more the better. The more violence and the more blood are you getting and the more gore. Are you getting in I touch with that. your inner female? No, is I've that always that been in touch with my inner female. It's just coming out now. Is no, but I... <laughs> Sure. Okay. Uh, Bruce Jenner. Did you see the interview? I did not. I saw the highlights, if you want to call it highlights, on Fox and Fox and Friends. I did did not see the interview either. Right. I did see highlights on ESPN the next morning. They showed like an extended clip from it. What do you, what do you, actually, I'm not going to lie to you. The way I felt going into it after I saw the interview, I kind of felt sorry for the guy. I don't think anybody can question this, Clay. In the history of mankind, yeah. Okay, when people started walking upright, yes. however you believe that, yeah. if you believe in evolution or you don't, whatever the scenario is, yeah, there don't. has never, ever, ever, ever been a bigger transformation in any animal or human being than Bruce Jenner. Yeah. How do you go from because winning people, a decathlon hey, in 76 hey, listen. to now transgender and having your Adam's apple redone Shaved down. But let's go back to the point you made. That's so good. He was every man. Wheaties box. You know, Olympic athlete and the heartthrob and the whole thing. And it's like he says he was living a lie. Look, let me tell you. Look, if people want to have certain body parts removed or reduced or enlarged or whatever, that's your personal choice. Absolutely. And with a transgender community, God bless you. I never had to fight those demons. So whatever yeah. you're dealing with, God bless you. I, I, quite frankly, I don't care. But, you know, I don't care either. But, right. you know, I want to be careful. And quite the biggest transformation ever because if some accountant has this surgery or whatever he's going through. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. If some woman was born a woman, but she's been battling it all her life. Yeah. She was the best girl in PE, even though she thought she was a guy. That mm-hmm. sort of thing. God bless you. There will never, ever be a bigger transformation in the history of mankind. Because you know what? You used to battle this talking sports all the time. And everybody was saying, who's the best athlete of all time? Bob Mathias and Michael Jordan. And all of these people would come up, right? And I would say it's got to be a decathlete. Yeah. Because you got to win ten events, no question. You got to be a sprinter. You got to show endurance. You got to yeah. have power. You yep. got to throw the javelin, yep. a shot put. That's right. It's got to be a decathlete. Yeah. And for him to go from that scenario to go to where he is now, it's shocking. The only thing I regret about this whole scenario, no Clay, is that back oh, in '76 when he won the gold medal, when he won the gold medal back in '76, yeah, that's when he should have done it. Not now. He should have done it back at 76. Here's why. Because if he would have done it back at 76, he could come back four years later and win a pentathlon and win it as a woman. So he could go from being a man winning the gold medal 
winning the decathlon. And then, of course, it's the same event for the females, but they call it a pentathlon. So he would have been the first American to ever win the decathlon as a man and come back four years later and win a pentathlon as a woman. When did you have time to put that much thought into that? A couple of days ago on the air. Okay, because I figured you didn't do it just right no, then. No, 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 no. You, you had to think but about that. But I am good at that. Now, look, Clay, let me tell you this. See, 76, there you go in Montreal. Yes. He wins the decathlon. Yeah. 80, we boycotted. That's when the late Sue Gunner, who would yeah. have been the coach for the U.S. women's team, yeah. former LSU coach. So then in 84, they in L.A. What a story that would have been. In 76, he was a man winning a gold medal, and now he's in L.A. He's in Hollywood, baby. Now he's going to win a pentathlon representing but the United see, States the in the Olympics. It wouldn't have been nearly as, quote-unquote, tolerated then as it is right now. Couldn't do that stuff 38 oh, no, years no, ago. no, there's no question about it. No I way. Mean, Clay, look at everything that's going on out there yeah. today. So what's your favorite show on television? I know you're watching. You know, what do you watch? I mean, I watch TV, but when I go home at night, it's all about Fox News. Yeah. I watch Fox. Yeah. I'll tune in maybe, uh, you know, to a baseball game or a NASCAR event or maybe the last couple of seconds of an NBA game. I don't watch TV anymore. You know, they talk about all these reality shows like some broads from New Jersey. What is that? I don't know. And uh, wait, what is this movie is that about? Housewives? Yeah, whatever. I mean, I all know. of this stuff I hear people talking about. I, I mean, there's a knucklehead on the really air here in that. town. And you and I both work with oh, all morning long. He talks about these shows when I'm just hitting scan on my AM dial. I don't know what the hell the guy's talking about. All of these shows and he's DVDing this and watching this. And what do you call that when you all you do, you don't leave your house. There's a commercial on the air on TV now when a guy's delivering food. Sure, don't tell him. You remember they doing that? What do you call that? Binge watching? Yeah. Are I you guess kidding so. me? Yeah. Binge watching. Yeah. Binge watching. Yeah. Quite my favorite TV shows of all time. I would never binge watch. You know, know it's funny works. you say that. I there's a there's an online show called House of Cards. See, that's another one. I, I, no, those are the ones I, I I'm looking it. for. I know people who say they try to watch it over a weekend. Can't do it. Like another one I heard, like Law and Order. and Order. Can't do it. I've never seen it. it takes CSI. Forever. I've never well, seen it. You know, DVR is a great, uh, great invention. Man, I, I great invention. I watch uh, a show called Blue Bloods with Tom Selleck. That's another one. I never heard of it. you got to watch it. It's amazing. And a show called Blacklist. But I generally am a week or two weeks behind because I'll DVR it because... You know, during the week, you got a lot going on. But, hey, man, if I'm, I watch a ball game or I love the Nat Geo channels, National Geographic. You don't watch that stuff? You know what I mean? Good I'm, Animal Clay, Planet you know shows, hey, History I'll Channel. Through, I'll go through the channels and on the History Channel. If there's something about, uh, you know, what happened in World War II. Yeah. And you got some history there. I mean, I watch that. It's one of those things. I don't have time at night. Yeah. I just don't. Sure. So like, so like, when I get home at night, you know, seven seven thirty, I'm up for about an hour and I go to bed. So when I get home, I love Shark Tank. Yeah. So oh, I watch, yeah. Yeah. I watch Shark yeah. Tank. Too many repeats, but I like Shark yeah. Tank Tuesday. But I watch that, and maybe I'll fire up Fox a little bit if an LSU baseball game is on. I won't watch the whole thing. See, I don't think TV is a problem as long as you keep it in the proper context. I don't think you should re- you should plan your life around TV shows because if you want to be successful. You only get 24 precious hours every day. That's why DVR is so wonderful. But I don't think I think it's harmless See, you know if you look tough? at it as just entertainment. Well, you know, I can only speak for myself, and I know you're busy too, but what's tough for me is when I get home at night, it's hard for me to just, if I'm going to be watching TV, 
it, it's got to be something where I know I can use that on the air the next day. Sure, I got sure. limited time. Well, yeah, because yeah. because I get up at four in the morning Absolutely. and then I get on the internet because then I sell until I get on the air. Yeah, so I don't have a whole lot of time. Like I envy the people once they get off at work at five or six, they're done. No, they get up the next morning. I mean, yeah. after they take care of the kids and the homework. No. But that's not I'm my world is, either. But I, no. I see I see what you mean because when I was doing a morning show every day. When it wasn't with my own business, everything that I was watching had to revolve around what I was going to talk about on air the next day because you want to be compelling. You can't just get on the air and go, hey, and that's it. I mean, you got to have something well, to talk about. You know what people don't realize is that people don't realize to do good radio, you got to put in a whole lot of time. Heck yeah. And quite, I Lots always of reading. tell people, and you and I have talked about this, I've always told people, actually, when a mic is on and you and I are in the studio, that's the fun part. Yeah. The hard work is at four in the morning when you oh, go yeah. from site to site to site to site. And guess yeah. what? Nothing's really has changed right. over the last 12 hours. Yeah. It's the same stuff. Now, for the average listener who's listening to that radio station, they don't know. No. But you and I know personally from work ethic, you don't want to do the same thing. You could get away with it. Yeah. You could add a little bit of a different twist, but you feel like... You're boring the people, and you feel like they're going to get the impression you didn't do your homework, you just got back on the air. Let me tell you, Clay, been in this business a long time, just mm -hmm. like you have, mm -hmm. and I listen to people in this business, and I'm going, the stuff they talk about, I knew a week ago. Right. The topics they bring up, and what saddens me is that you got so many uh, ill-informed people out there that they listening, and they want to comment, great point, great show, great topic. And I'm going, that crap is 72 hours old. That is how stupid certain people are. You and all they these secret shots you're throwing at no, people. No, they just don't keep up with anything. Wow, great call. Okay. Let me tell you this. No, That's i got to go okay. off on it. Okay. All right, Clay, when somebody says a great call, I've been doing this okay. since 1988. Okay. Pre-game, post-game, news talk. Rock, jock, whatever. I've done it all. Yes. I've done country morning shows. I've done afternoon rock when, shows. When did you do country morning shows? Cajun 103. Oh, that's right. Cajun. I was in the same building. That's with you, exactly right. Before you went over to the team. Right. So, right. I mean, I've done it all. Yeah. I've done it all. And I have, in my entire career, almost 30 years, I think I've only had one great call. When I was driving home going, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know where it was coming, but boy, that is deep, that is insightful, and that left a lasting impression on me. Maybe one in my on. entire be more career. Than one. 20 one, years and one. one. Good point. That's yeah. separate. Yeah. That's different. But a great call, and you got certain people that have 10 a show. Would you quit pounding on the guy, please? I'm just saying. You know, one of my fears, and I don't think I've ever said this on the air. What you got telling you? But <laughs> stop, man. Quit pounding on the guy. One of my fears was if I was going to talk about something, I needed to know as much about it as possible because now, granted, if I'm talking about something that involves science, I've done the research, but a person who does science every day, a scientist, someone who's working in maybe a, some form of medicine, they're going to know more than you or I are going to know. They went to school for it. They do it every day. But for the casual person listening, I needed to have my information right. I didn't just want to go on what was in the USA Today or the Picayune or the Advocate or whatever. I needed to know just a little bit more so I can give backstory because there's nothing worse than making a point on the air and somebody calling oh. up and going, oh, you're, you're totally wrong on that. And they school you. 
But, I never wanted that to happen. But you know what, Clay? There's and so many resources now happened. of information. Knock on wood. Yeah, and there's social media. There's everything that somebody who really is concerned about that one particular topic, yeah. they can research. It's easy. Yeah. They put on the TV. They get on a computer. They go CNN. They go Man, Fox, when we started doing this, there. there was no internet to, to do you all know what, that stuff. You know stuff. what's funny? It's funny you mentioned that, Clay, because I was talking to somebody earlier today. I said, man, back in the early 90s, before yeah. really the internet and all yeah. that, the Advocate had a distribution center on Blue Body. Yeah. All right? I had to get up because, yeah, I subscribed to the paper. I got to be on the air at 6. Sure. I can't wait. Hopefully that guy got up that morning right. and didn't drink too much Crown or Absolute or <laughs> Jameson or Hennessy or whatever. Okay. And he got up to deliver my paper on time because the average yes. person... So normally that paper's in that driveway at 6. Yes. They don't back out till 7.30. It's right. no big deal. Right. When I got to be on the air prior to the internet, I need the paper. Right. Clay, I would go to Blue Bonnet, and the guys with their, you know, 180,000 miles on their Zuzu pickup trucks, yes. manual, yeah. they'd be sitting there waiting for the papers with a little plastic wrapper to come out of the conveyor belt. Right. Hey, Johnny, can I get one from you? Thank you, buddy. And you went home and you highlighted. Right. And maybe you wrote it in your own words. People, man, today with the internet, me and my wife, Clay, the other day, had a conversation. She's got a friend at work who's got a 16-year-old talking about school and how difficult this and that. Now, I'm not saying the academic standards are the same today, because when I graduated from high school, Louisiana resident, I went to LSU, didn't matter what my GPA was, Mm -hmm. no ACT, Mm -hmm. SAT, Mm -hmm. oh, there was nothing. You just went. So I get the whole bit where in order to go to an institution of higher learning, you got to be more focused. You got to commit yourself. You got to get good grades. I hear you. But Clay, you remember when we were a sophomore or junior in high school, and the high school you went to, if they did, had a library. Or if they didn't, you went to the public library. Well, guess what? If Britannica B was gone, you're hosed. <laughs> Some kids over there in the corner with it. Had to now, use the Dewey Decimal you know I mean? yeah, System. But Clay, you had to actually do your homework. Oh, you yeah, had to baby. check that book out. Yeah. There was no internet. And you couldn't scroll. And you, you had to read. Guess what? Your daddy put you in his 78 Pontiac and drove you around so you could get the information. Let's go to this library. Let's try this. Remember one. the encyclopedia yes. salesman? Yes. But Clay, the point is, is that nowadays, if kids get an assignment, they can get on the internet and knock that out in a second. No matter what website you go to, you can Google, you can Bing, you can Yahoo, find your search engine, you're going to get all the work you need. Yes. So it's a whole different world. And one thing I'll say about kids today, and my wife and I got into this, Clay, when they say, man, it's so tough for kids today, it's so challenging, only in one respect, to get a scholarship tops, I get all of that. Mm -hmm. To enter into an institution, I get all of that. But you know what, Clay? What is better today about when I grew up, and I'm a little bit older than you, but pretty much same generation. Yeah. Here's the thing. If you didn't play ball when we went to high school, yeah. some kind of ball. Yeah. If you didn't play football, baseball, or basketball, some kind of way, right. then you know what? Maybe track, depending yeah, on yeah, the no, school. Yeah, you know, track, yeah, yeah, sure. But back then, you know what? It wasn't right, but you got made fun of. Yeah. It wasn't right, but guess what? It was hard to find a date. Yeah. It, w- it w- wasn't easy to find your little niche. Right. Nowadays, man, if you're into video games, there's a group of support friends. If you're into uh, the arts, there's a group of support friends. Guys I grew up with, I used to make fun of because of that. Mm-hmm. They had no support group. Yeah. They were ostracized. Yeah. They were bullied. It wasn't fair. It wasn't right. Now they run Google. But now, yeah, they Facebook. run Google. They multi-billionaires. Yeah. We work for them. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a different world. So, I mean, it's a little give and take. When we talk about how difficult it is for kids today and pressure from the kids they hang around with that come from dysfunctional homes sure. and that sort of thing. Yeah, on that respect, there's a lot more pressure on kids today. 
But when it comes to finding a group of people you can relate to, feel comfortable with, that will befriend you, and you can call them up at any time and they always have your back, it's a little bit easier today no matter what you're into. Sure. Into the arts, into education, into athletics. That's a group of friends everybody can find now. That wasn't always the case. So what's your philosophy about team sports with kids where everyone gets a trophy? I think it's bullshit. Yeah. It's total bullshit. Yeah. Because how does it prepare anybody? Clay, I remember, you know, when I played, you know, middle school ball and the parents at the end of the year would cook jumbo eye or red beans and rice or Mm -hmm. dads would barbecue. It was only three awards given out, 12, 13, 14, before you went to high school. It was only three awards. It was an offensive MVP. Mm -hmm. It was a defensive MVP. And it was the most most improved. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. Nowadays, we get all of these kids, we give them all trophies. So if you do that at the age of 8, 9, 10, then all of a sudden the hair starts kicking into the Chinese. 13, 14, and puberty starts to set in. Well, guess what? All you're doing is setting that kid up for failure. Because now he thinks that, well, no matter what I do, I can say I'm doing my best. I can say I'm good when I don't know I'm good. But I'm going to get rewarded for it. You know what we do, society does, and, and I agree with you about that, is... We devalue what winning is by wanting to make everyone feel like a winner. If you didn't do the work, if you didn't really win, you're not a winner. My kids have heard early on that in life there are winners and losers. Understand that. You sometimes win, sometimes you lose. You know how it is. You know, if you're, if you're out trying every day, you're going to fail at something. But you're, you're never going to win everything. And quite frankly, it's insulting to me to tell me I'm a winner when I'm losing. Does that make sense? You know what's insulting, Clay, is that they don't even cut anymore. When's the last time you went into the locker room and guess what? They're going to put up the cut list. Man. Basketball. Listen. Football. But it goes, no, it the go- coach said, hey, what, tomorrow at four, we're going to put the cut list up. And, man, you went over there and you're going alphabetically. Yeah. Kind of. Boom. Your name wasn't crossed out. Right. Or young. Boom. Yeah. Your name wasn't crossed out. Right. So you knew you made it. And you know what? Back then, your parents picked you up and you had that support. So if you didn't make it, you yeah. know what happened? Dad would spend extra time with you in yes, the yard. Sir. And you know what happened? He would do whatever he can to find maybe someplace. He would take you to the batting cage. Mm-hmm. He would pay the janitor 20 extra bucks to keep the gym open yeah. an extra 20 minutes. Or he would work another job to lay concrete in the backyard and put up an eight-foot bitty goal. Yeah. He would do whatever he had to do to, make you to earn give it. you earn it, to yeah. give you all the support, yeah. to let you realize if you work hard enough, it's eventually going to pay off Listen, for you. I know people say this is, this is old talk and, you know, you hear this but i could even going back as far as pe and grade school you know when you everybody had to climb the rope everybody had to do the push-ups or the sit-ups and we were there until the last kid did him and it's like i could remember the feeling when the kid who wasn't in the best shape finished and everybody you know is what, clapping and whatever it's like that's a good feeling for that kid to say i did it but you know what if more kids would take this approach no matter what their abilities are no matter what they're good at in, in their deficiencies and mm-hmm. whatever. If more kids would take this approach, the last thing in their head, in their mm-hmm. head before they do anything, yeah, is say, you know what? The last thing I want to do is disappoint my mom and dad. Yes, sir. That is the last thing I want to do. Yes, and sir. as a father and a mother, yep. you could tell if he did everything or she did everything possible and you love him so much yeah. and you support him even more. Because right. you know your son or daughter gave you the very best. It's when they don't give you the very best That's when and you provided them yeah. all the avenues to give you the very best. That's what's disappointing. I tell my children, if the very best you can do is a C, 
if you busted it, worked as hard as you could, and the best you could do was a C, I'll take it. Well, you know, me and my but dad. If, if I know you're worth more than that, that's then I'm difference. not going to accept a C. And it's like, I think if, if, if we build our kids up to, to see them the way we see them, you know, you know how it is with your kids. When you look at them, you see the best of who you are. You have this high expectation. Every parent should, but you got to go earn it. But enough about that. So what's ticking you off nowadays? Clay, besides what's going on in Baltimore, I mean, Stephen A. Smith is ticking me off a little bit. Why is Stephen A. Smith well, ticking you Well, I like Stephen off? A. Smith. I really do. Yeah. Uh, Y'all are similar, you know that? You see, that's why I like him, because the guy sticks to his mind. He's, he's, he's poignated. He's hardcore. He's what? He, he's poignated. I'm sorry? He's poignated. Is that a word? No, I call it opinionated and being straightforward. Poignated. Yeah, po- poignated. Yeah, I came up with that one. Okay. So anyway, I love the guy. Just but, wanted to be certain that no, it wasn't point, a word. No, he's very poignated. Straightforward right. and he's got an opinion. Mm-hmm. But look, here's the deal with Stephen A. Smith. He came out and he said last Thursday when the Patriots visited the White House because yes. they won a Super Bowl, he took a shot at Tom Brady Yeah. for not being there. Now, according to all of my uh, Google uh, Tom Brady was the 19th professional athlete, for whatever reason, yeah. decided he didn't want to go to the White House. Sure, He said he had a prior commitment. Stephen A. Smith came out and said pretty much he's putting it along political lines because he said, well, when it's, you know, you know, George Bush and a whole bit, you know, you went three times when it was George H.W. Bush, but you didn't go when it's— George W. Yeah, H.W. George was w. his daddy. You didn't go when it's President Barack Obama. Yeah. Now, he's putting it along the political lines. I don't believe that. I think it's a white-black thing. You think what's a white-black thing? I think he's taking a shot at Tom Brady because I really think he's saying because Tom Brady, who's a white quarterback, didn't go because President Barack Obama is a black president. You think, I think, I you think, think that's, that's what Stephen is insinuating? Yes, because I'll tell you or why. Or implying? Yes, I'll tell you why. I don't think he's implying. I think he's doing it. I don't he, think Tom Brady is. He's, he's got, look at his team. No, I agree with right. you, but I'm, I'm going, if it's Robert Griffin III or yeah. Cam Newton, Sure. And they don't go to the White House because they've already been three times. Yeah. Is Stephen A. Smith going to say the same thing? Probably. You think so? Yeah. See, I don't. Well, listen, let me, well, let black me tell you. people don't really make a whole lot of criticisms to other black people about Barack Obama without feeling the wrath of whoever they're hey, talking to. You know to. what our research is? When Michael Jordan in 91, when the Bulls won at first, yeah. Michael Jordan didn't go to the White House. Michael that's Jordan when, that's when H.W. Bush was, uh, George right, H.W. Right. Bush was there. So Jordan didn't go. But you know what? The best comment ever came from an athlete who, who didn't go to the White House, and this is uh, back in 84, mm-hmm. when Larry Bird and the Celtics won it, and Larry Bird Reagan. didn't go. Yeah. Larry Bird didn't go, and it was Reagan. And uh, Larry Bird was asked about it. Yeah. You know what Larry Bird said? What would he say? He said, you know what? He knows where I'm at if he wants to come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, See this whole this whole angle, Clay. This well, whole you know, I think I think ESPN is often looking for anything. Yeah, but to talk you know what, about. Clay? You know this whole angle where this commander in chief. So it's my responsibility because people were just transported to the voting booth, not knowing the issues, not knowing how it's going to impact their life. What are you They're talking about? They're just showing up. Well, Barack Obama. So what happens is because he's in office. Or before him, it doesn't matter. Bush, before okay. him, Clinton, it doesn't matter. Right. If I'm an athlete, right, okay. I just endured a long, trying season. I've been injured. It's been disappointing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, I though, don't Rich. think any okay. man is obligated nope, nope, to go to the nope, White House I, just I because he gets invited. I, I don't think you're obligated to go because I know when President Bush was there, there were athletes who didn't go when he was in the office. But if it's me. I'm going because the title and the office are always bigger than the man. Regardless of who's there, I'm going. 
If you don't now, Brady says he had something else to do. I don't know whether he did or not. Quite frankly, of all the things that's going to piss me off in the day, that doesn't make the top 100. But if it's me, I'm going. Would you go? I would not. You wouldn't go. After a long season, I would do that right now. But they didn't go right after the season. It's April. But, Clay, it's been a long offseason and conditioning. It takes a couple of hours. You could say Tom Brady. I get it. You could say Tom Brady made an excuse. Then what? I'd go. Me, my schedule? Yeah. Okay, if Barack Hussein Obama called me. Yes. One of his peeps. Yeah. Called me and said, Rich, we want you at the White House. He wants to meet you. I'm there. But I didn't endure a long season. Disappointment, highs, lows. My body is aching. So that's if. But hold on. Let's say after a season you're feeling good. You just won the Super Bowl. Physically, you're good. You hadn't gone off to Morocco or Kuala Lumpur or whoever. You're here. And then the team's going. Do you go then? Yeah, I'm going. Okay. But but here's the thing. Like, you know, Brady but you're saying a, well, it's not said, about politics for you not going. Well, no, that's what Stephen A. About, Smith is making. Yeah, he's but, making it yeah, about politics. Just, it's not about politics. So if it's not about politics, is it about race? What is yeah. he talking about? Because, you you know, up to, up before Tom Brady... The majority of athletes, the other 18, 16 yeah. of the 18 prior to Brady, yeah. were African-Americans. Yeah. So, okay, if they don't want to go, they shouldn't have to go. No, I don't think it should be somebody's obligation yeah. to go. I, I mean, think I it's don't have choice. any issue with it's that. Grunt, if an athlete doesn't want to go, listen, it doesn't matter. if he just says, I don't feel like it, uh, you know, I think that's yeah, it's not on me. I think we spend a All whole right. lot of time worrying about stuff like that. But quite frankly, I would go you, because if, I think it's, man, it's something to well, do. If Rubio or Rand Paul, yeah. whoever becomes president, Hillary yeah. Clinton. Yeah. And if LeBron James decides he doesn't want to go, or Steph Curry decides he doesn't want to go, sure. I'm good with that. Or the best white hockey player. I don't care. <laughs> best white yeah, hockey Yeah, I don't care. Name one. Name it a hockey matter. player. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I don't keep up with it. Shot, shot, score. <laughs> But my point is, Clay, if a man decides he doesn't want to go, I don't care what the reason is. He make up an excuse. Yeah. He's got the flu. Yeah. His allergies are kicking in. It's piling all over his car. His kids are sick. Even though they're not, they're playing video games in a mansion. Yes. I don't care. Yeah, if a matter. man gets invited, he doesn't have to go. Oh, look, I would go, thing. but I, quite frankly. Well, look, it, yeah. And you know as well as I do that the uh, New England Patriots deflated the uh, 12 footballs. Or 11 of the 12 in yeah, the NFC Championship game. Well, we do pretty much. But good the AFC Championship game. AFC Championship game. AFC Championship That's game. when they were accused of doing it. No, I thought that was like earlier. Oh, no, that's right. That was Spygate, right, the camera right, thing. Right, right. So probably. So, they probably yeah, so, did that. So here's yeah. the deal. So President Barack Obama, he tries to be a humorist. He made he made a couple of jokes you about that. You don't make a joke about the Floyd Gate. You just don't do it. Out of common courtesy and decency. You invited them to their house. To your house, and then you take a shot. You can't do it. Well, it's actually Roger the people's Goodell, house. Yeah, Roger Goodell hadn't even penalized the Patriots yet. Is he ever going to do it? He spends time at Belichick's mansion. Probably not. But the fact remains, you invited them. They are your guests. Why Special do you care? occasion. Because you're trying to be nice. funny when you're not funny. Uh, There's a lot of he didn't things write you that can joke. do. He didn't write that exactly joke. Exactly right. <laughs> he doesn't write his speeches. Give me 20 he minutes. I can come up with a couple of cheap shots at Belichick. You know, I like come what? out wearing a, like a CS warm up with a little hood on. Like I'm an aspiring funny, rapper. You can do better. Yeah, than that. it would. Like an aspiring rapper? Yeah, it would be. Like Vanilla Ice. <laughs> oh, who's the other one I'm thinking of? Eminem. Eminem. Uh, how about that? Who's the other one of all the rap? I'm not thinking about the guy with the spiked hair. It's like, who's the other? There's only been two. Yeah, like a bunch of his buddies attacked him with highlighters. (laughs) No, I got vanilla ice and Eminem mixed up. So you, you you're not having you're not confronting anybody else in traffic, are you? Like you did the last no, time. No, no. But Clay, all kidding aside, man, look, if you get invited to the White House, it's your call. And if you decide not to go, nobody should pass judgment for whatever reason, political judgment. 
you know, racial judgment, whatever the angle is. If you don't want to go, just don't go. Tom Brady, come on. You calling Tom Brady a racist or making it out. Listen, if Tom Brady says, I don't want to go because I don't like the president's politics, that's his choice. And that's been said. That's his choice. It's been said before. That's his choice. I think we vote for politicians, elected officials in this country all the time. Every year there's an election someplace and people vote for who they like and they don't vote for who they don't like. It's the way it goes. It doesn't offend me if I like somebody and you don't. That's your vote. Look, I need your help on something. (sighs) Okay. This is serious. See, I've been waiting, watching Bill O'Reilly at night. And Sean Hannity, who absolutely gives me the drizzling shits. If I go into a coma and come out after six months, Hannity is saying the same thing. He doesn't let people talk. He interrupts. I just don't like Hannity. Okay. So anyway, Clay, I need you to help me out here. Okay. I can't understand, and I forget what the term is, and I knew when I talked about it on the end, I forget what it is, but our military, we have the ability, according to what I read, that anywhere in the world, we can strike within an hour. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in the world, yeah. militarily, we yeah. can strike. Oh, we're the monster. Right. Yes. So what I can't understand mm-hmm. is how in the hell do I have these ISIS people with their face covered walking Christians along a beach in Libya mm-hmm. with the waves coming in in the middle of the freaking day? Yeah. And it's got to take them a while to get them out of the bus or however they transported them. And it's 50-year-old Fiat pickups, whatever they're doing. They're walking them along the beach. They make them kneel down. Fiat. You heard him. Help me understand this. Because what I don't get, I get if ISIS was doing this at night. In a, in a rainforest. Okay, it's hard to find it. We got a lot of stuff. I understand it if they're doing it in a basement of an apartment complex in Syria. Okay, fine. I get it if they're doing deep down in a cave somewhere in the desert. Well, we think it's here, but it could be over there. We're not sure. We don't have a visual. Okay. We don't have a visual. So here's what I want to figure out. It's freaking 2015. Yes. They're parading these guys down a beach in the middle of the way, in the middle of the day. Here comes the surfs. I see the little crabs walking up and down the beach. Yes. I got people parasailing in the background. Yes. How in the hell can't we do a military strike when they parading these guys wearing orange jumpsuits and they just walking up and down the beach casually? It's not like a quick strike boom and they're out of there. Help me understand that, Quayne. I'm being serious. No, I know you are. Can't help you. I think we ought to whack this problem two years ago. I can't argue. So I, we have the technology to do it, right? We can read your license plate But how come space. Oliver North, how come I can't watch somebody on Fox? How come O'Reilly, our earthquake girl, uh, Van Susteren, how I'm come— I'm sorry. Hold up. Why is she Yeah, because her lips are always quivering. Oh, my God. Every time I see you now, I remember. Every time I see you now, yeah, she looks like Nepal. That is offensive. She looks like Nepal. Look, I'm trying to ask you. (laughs) No, she's always got that quivering lip. Like she's coming out of surgery. You are going to hell. (laughs) No, see, wait, I'm going to correct you there. Because my wife says, you know what? You're too negative. You're too critical of people. Okay. God don't like ugly. God's going to punish you. I said, oh, God punished me when I shot out of the womb at Baptist Hospital March 13 and 1960. Look at these freaking crooked fingers. Did you see my grades in school? Look at the size of my forehead. God's already punished me, darling. I got caught blush. So, I'm sorry, you totally distracted me with Earthquake Girl. But, but how you come nobody saying, asks? How come nobody asks? People oh, ask. CNN? People ask. No, militarily, when we got these butchers, yes. these just animals butchering Christians on beaches, how yes. come we can't strike them? I... 
Quite. And you know what? You're a much more intelligent man than I'll ever be. I don't know about that. You're well-rounded. Yeah. You're a good-looking man. Thank you. You have a lot of pull in this community. <laughs> you know it's coming, right? And I love you. Okay. I just need somebody. I'll get inside. Okay. Some local politician, somebody who teaches military strategy yeah. at LSU. Somebody. Yes. You know, somebody who'll serve. Yes. An ex-Navy SEAL. I don't care. I want somebody to tell me, Rich, here's why it won't happen. You know what? Believe it or not, I had lunch in a place close to your hometown in Metairie last week with the House Majority Whip, Steve Scalise. And we talked about that. And there is a buzz in Congress across the aisle where both Republicans and Democrats want to do something. There is so much concern about this threat because you don't know what someone is thinking. And unless you get a warrant to see what they're Googling or what books they're checking out of the library, who knows if some nut job one day, like these boys in Boston, who wake up one day and say they're going to go and blow up innocent people. Who, what kind of person puts down a bomb right where little kids are, are standing and women are there and with no hesitation, disregard totally for their lives and just walk away? That's already here, and that's what's scariest about this. But, you got this big ceremony in this town, and they've got video of it, and a man in a cage being burnt alive. Yeah. You can't make fire up a couple of F-16s. You can't do some kind of missile attack. You can't do—I guarantee you, all those Christians who are being thrown off of cruise ships, all those Christians who are being beheaded beheaded on beaches, you can't tell me— we do not have the reconnaissance. I, I researched this the other day, Clay. Our military is the greatest war no machine on God's planet. But as far planet. as military aircraft, spy planes, attack planes, reconnaissance, everything, we have over 330 different types. Yes. And we can't find one that once we see these no-good son-of-a-buggers getting out of buses or 50-year-old cars or whatever, we can't strike right then. And they parade them, and they got cameras, and, you know, they have to have lights to make sure the angle's right and all of this. That is absolutely incredible to me that we can't do it. Our military is a tactical machine ordered about by political people. It's politics. It's politics. It's always been politics. So don't you put it at the top? Yeah, you have to put it at the top. Anytime mistakes are made, you put it You put it at the top. Mistakes that were made in Iraq, any mistakes that were made, Bush— the buck stopped with him. Anything that's going on right now with ISIS, us not dealing with it, the buck stops with the president. And here's the before, thing. Hey, look, before Barack Obama, when Bush was president. Sure. Okay, two Same times. with Clinton. When Clinton had a shot at, at, at getting uh, uh, Osama bin Laden in the mountains of Tora Bora, and they, they could have taken him out. He didn't want to do it. But, but you know, uh, going back to George H.W. Bush, when we went in and drove Saddam out of the Persian Gulf, and we weren't truly uh, being made aware of the threat that was there developing after that time it's cross party lines the problem is we shouldn't exonerate the man from the blame or the credit if you're the commander in chief the buck stops with you regardless of what letter is next to your name i don't care you know what you know what i feel i feel so bad clay why is that for the uh, wives and the moms and dads and the sisters and the brothers and all of those who have lost their life fighting terrorism yeah and we pull out we pull out too soon before the job's done yeah you know, and, and for those people who lost loved ones, I just feel so bad because I don't want the loss of their son, their daughter, their wife, husband down the line to go for not. I could go a lot of places, but I won't do that. I'll just say 
that we should protect America. That's what I care about. And I'm not saying at the detriment of anybody else, but we should neutralize the threat. And you know what, Clay, let me say this on a local level. Not, not just a local level, but I want to talk about our police, if we could. In the I city want, of Baton Rouge no, no, or no, just across overall? This country, across sure. this country. Okay. I want to talk about our police because the Baton Rouge Police Department, they do an unbelievable job. Yeah. I love the job they yeah. do. And police all across this country, and it's an absolute damn shame, and it's embarrassing, and it's sickening. Because of a couple of instances here and there, a lot of times the facts haven't come out yet. Look, what happened in South Carolina is heinous. Yeah. It's appalling. Okay? Absolutely. I'm right there. But, you know, You're talking about the, the guy media, who was shot in the exactly. back eight times. Yeah. The media wants to magnify that and stereotype that and put all police officers in that same little cocoon. I agree with you a billion percent, and I will say this to add context to it. And I said it in the open. We can no more use instances like that to indict every cop than we can taking some clown looting on television and make him representative of my sons. They're not the same. So if you say don't don't stereotype my kids and put them all in the same bag, same is true for the cops. Are there bad apples? Absolutely. We find them, we get rid of them. But overwhelmingly, the people who wear badges and shields are not that. They're not that. They're not criminals. They're not abusing their power. And, you know, I don't know that we're ever going to fix it because the two sides don't talk. Well, Clay, when, when you see video of what happened in Ferguson, when you see video of what's going on in Baltimore, for the people out there, the people who have already drawn, drawn a line in the sand. And that's got nothing to like, do with what right. happened. That's but, just opportunities. How, how is people seeing that video going to yeah. help anything? No. It's not going to help. No. So, ew, we want to be real here? No. Let's be real. You got white people sitting home watching that. Not saying it's fair. Sure. It, it, it's not a cross-blanket statement about right. African-Americans. Sure. It's not. You can't label all African-Americans as behaving that way. But if you got somebody sitting home and life's a bitch, yeah. he doesn't like his job and everything going on, and that's his only release, he fires up CNN or Fox News and sees that. What do you think is going through his yeah, head? There's no doubt. I mean, and that's what's sad. Yeah, that is what's sad. But it's the truth. And it's like nobody wants to have the honest conversation about it. You can't paint what these people are doing as an outcome of what the cop did. What the hell does kicking into an, uh, the, the window of a Nike store and stealing Jordans or breaking into a CVS have to do with getting justice for Freddie Gray? Well, I hope this doesn't tick you off. So I want to be careful okay. with you. I don't Go think I can tick you off because you know me. Okay. Once this podcast is over, it's yeah, over. Sure. When I still friends. Sure. But you know what? It's you know all the circumstantial evidence. Did the cop do this? Did the cop not do that? Did the uh, victim did do you know did this? And then all this uh, research and investigation. Right. Have there been some cover ups over the years? There's no question about it. Sure, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, and we'll see what's going to happen with this latest case. But Clay, Clay, the thing about it is, it's like man, people need to understand. That if you live your life right, if you live your life right and go to school, and if you get pulled over, yes, sir, or no, sir, how many of these people, unfairly so now, with the broken spine, sure. unfairly so, sure. I'm all right with yeah. that. But how many of these people had criminal records? How many of these people that, you know, all of this looting and rioting that's going on, really, if you ask the people in the neighborhood, not a good kid. Ask the people in the so, neighborhood, not a good person. Now, do they deserve to have the faith? That they had? Probably not in cases. Yeah. I'm good with that. Sure. Let the investigation of bad cops should be as should be 
penalized yeah. and should be brought down just yeah. as much as a thug on the street. Yeah. But a lot of these people, if you don't put yourself in that situation, white, black, Hispanic, whomever, I don't care. Chinese, it doesn't matter. If you live your life right and you don't break the law and you're not disrespectful to police officers and you don't run away and you don't raise your hand, if you don't pull something out of your pocket at night, this doesn't happen. I, I will agree, but I'll also say that two wrongs don't make a right. Totally don't, with you. Don't put yourself in positions where you get pulled over uh, because you broke the law and something like this happens. That should be your attitude anyway. But even if you do, you don't deserve for a cop to pronounce judgment on you then and there. No question. That's a, no, so, so I don't totally disagree with you, but I would say that even if you do that, you don't deserve. Now, listen, if you and a cop are fighting over the cop's gun and, you know, you get popped, you kind of went into that zone where you put yourself in that spot where something like that could happen. You're shooting at cops and it's legitimately happening. Happening. You're shooting at them and they fire a couple back and they get you. Don't shoot at them. But it but but that's not this. And the guy running away. Come on. Come on. Well, yeah, you know, come and, and what's this? <laughs> Shoot, come on. But what was there about a week ago? You got the 67, 68 year old white dude. Didn't even go through the academy. He knows somebody. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. when you see that kind of stuff. Yeah. If I'm an African-American. Yeah. That well, only enrages see, think, me. You that should, only that, enrages me. But that me. should enrage anybody. And that's that's the kind of thing that I think that people need to get next to is that wrong is wrong. I don't want to see any child shot in the street. My people are Americans, so I don't want to see anybody killed in the street. I don't prejudge you. You know, you've been a close friend of mine for going on 20 years. I tell people, you know, you're not a racist. What you do on the air is you do your job, but I know you. But I don't, I don't think anything is okay for one race and not okay for the other. Right is right. But, I mean, like you said, this guy, come on, he's a goofball. He, you can't tell a gun from a taser? Right, right. Come on. And I mean, that should be dealt with. I think it will be dealt with. But as I understand, they're not rioting like they are in West Baltimore, though. But Clay, how does this, how, how does this ever end? I don't know. You and I could talk about it. We could have some dialogue. And, I don't know. But I, I just don't see how it ends. And that's what's scary. Because I guarantee in a week or two or this time next year, there's going to be another incident. Yeah. It's going to be somewhere. It's going to be somewhere in this country where a, a victim was treated unfairly or was treated and it was justified. So here's the thing. Two sides of this. When guys in inner city communities, black communities, commit crimes, they kill somebody, they beat somebody almost to death, they steal, they get arrested, they get locked up. Six months later, they're back on the streets. You keep seeing that. You're never going to get these people to say what they saw because they're thinking this guy killed somebody. And spent two years in prison and got out and killed somebody else and he's out again. Do you actually believe I'm going to tell you what I saw knowing what he's already gotten away with? So when we lock him up, lock him up. Don't tell me about rehabilitation. A jail is not, in my opinion, for rehabilitation. You kill somebody, we send you the hell away and you never come back. On the other side, when cops abuse their power. They should never be allowed to have the power again. And I think if you start equally doing that, what you do on one side is the community says, we trust what you're saying because so-and-so down the street committed well, this crime. He didn't come back. Uh, officer so-and-so who was 
teeing people up all the time he got caught, he's off the job. If there is enough of that, then maybe you can put a dent in this. But you know this. what, Quite, you know, no matter what walk of life, you get the good old boy system. Yeah. And, man, it doesn't yeah. matter what police department, Absolutely. what county, what parish, what jurisdiction. That's what's happening. But that's not the majority of law enforcement people. But you know what? And the crime is but, not the majority of inner city people. You know, unfortunately, though, it's in every line of work you got that. Hell but yeah. unfortunately, that, that on, doesn't man. cause people no. their lives. Right. That doesn't cause people injury. How many that people in the business? How, how many people in the business have we known who didn't work a lick and were golden boys? Come on. Oh no. I mean, we talk about that all the time. Yeah. So did you I apologize mean, to the guy in your building over Katrina? You said you were, you know beat him up ten years after the storm. No, no, I never see him. I never see him. He's uh, he's out and about. I never see him anymore. Okay. He's there somewhere. So you're doing good? You're all right? Yeah, doing good, man. Everything fine. Just, uh, you know, like your daughter, my daughter, going through LSU yeah. and doing what we do as dads. Pay the bills. Gee whiz, man. Having women is expensive. <laughs> no, everything's good, man. I appreciate you. I always love coming by. All and, right. uh, no, all's good, man. So, everything's fine. So we'll get you back in a few weeks here. This was good, man. We covered a great number of topics. Uh I apologize in the end about the Diana Ross thing. I thought we would just mention it. I didn't think he would go where he went, but, uh, you know. <laughs> well, let me just say this. If if there's something going on on a southern campus and the police department doesn't respond quickly, probably they fight ISIS on the backside. That's they'll, probably They'll right. make an arrest the night that happens next time. Probably in Libya. By the way, where are your body cameras if you're out in a bar? <laughs> what about the body cameras? And what's the broad's name again? Uh, I forget. I'm sorry. The councilwoman's yeah, name is... Yeah, what's the little Philly's name? I'm, I'm sorry. The councilwoman's name is C. Denise Marcel. Yeah, that's a good story. And, and Baton Rouge. And uh, she thinks that police officers should wear body cameras. And you ever see the greatest is- war movie ever made? In my opinion, I love it. We Were Soldiers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mel Gibson. What about it? I'll be the first one to step on the ground and the last one off. That's yeah. what she ought to do. She ought to walk 70805 wearing a body camera at 1 o'clock in the morning. Well, that's what she ought to do. Okay. She wants officers to wear a body camera. Well, that's all you ought to do. You ought to walk 70805 every day and wear a body camera. Maybe we'll see some video that could convict a criminal in your zip code, area code, whatever. Body camera. You might like her if y'all ever sat and had a cup of coffee or something. Is that the one with the pink something? hair? One of them has pink I, I hair, purple know. hair, no, I forget. Okay. It's a good time to leave right now, no, folks. No, I man, every Richard time Condon, I see one of these broads, it looks so like their granddaughter was falling eggs. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'll be back after this to wrap things up. What's the name of that broad again? If we could show you the newly redesigned 2016 Acura ILX, we'd open on a tight shot of our signature Jewel Eye LED headlights piercing through the darkness as a stormy fog rolls in. Next, we cut inside the cabin, panning over the dashboard to the available dual panel control system, both of the high-tech screens glowing, awaiting command. Then we move across the sleek lines of the ILX's redesigned exterior. Light falls against its aggressive curves as its 2.4-liter engine revs with anticipation. Finally, we slowly zoom in on the ILX badge and then poof, it's gone. It's 8-speed dual-clutch transmission in full effect before charging out of view. But because we can't show you any of this, you'll just have to see the lightning-quick ILX for yourself. Come into your local Acura dealer for a test drive. The new 2016 Acura ILX. Catch it if you can. Visit Acura of Baton Rouge, 13550 Airline Highway, or get information online at AcuraBR.com. Welcome back to The Clay Young Show. 
Okay, thanks for joining us for another edition of the Clay Young Show. We'll keep this one quick. Just want to remind you that you can log on to warriorsforfreedomlouisiana.org to learn about the Warriors weekend. Smoke them if you got them on Sunday, May 31st, and the golf tournament that we didn't talk a whole lot about that's happening at the University Club on June 1st, Monday, June 1st. Two events intended to raise money to support our military veterans by way of Warriors for Freedom Foundation. Love to see you there. Smoke them if you got them. Premium cigars, fine libations, great conversation, and live music. It's going to be fantastic. Warriors for Freedom, Louisiana.org. Enjoy the time. Hopefully you did too. See you next week on The Clay Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.